Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. Today I want to look at the wisdom of God, at the design and purpose of nature. I look at honeybees, I look at butterflies, I look at horned owls, I look at our bodies, the complexities in creation, and I just want to cry out the very same thing. What a God we have as we look at the wisdom of God. And I'll tell you what, where I see this just about more than any place in Scripture is in Psalm 104. In Psalm 104, beginning in verse 5, it reads like this. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. goes on to say, you covered it with the deepest, with the garment. This is the flood. God caused a flood. You covered it with the deepest, with the garment. The water stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the flood, at the sound of your thunder, they took the flight. And then they flowed, listen to this, they flowed over the mountain. Okay, the waters are now receding from the flood. They flowed over the mountains, they went into the valleys, listen, to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary for them, they cannot cross, never again will they cover the earth. So after the flood, the waters receded into lakes and oceans and rivers and streams, and God set those perfect boundaries. And I read this, I said, if the oceans... If the ocean levels were just a little bit deeper or a little bit more shallow, there would not be enough nitrogen in the air and no plants would grow. And it just testifies to the wisdom of God. Now look at verse 10 of Psalm 104. He makes springs pour water into the ravines, and that water flows between the mountains. And they, the springs, give water to all the beasts of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. The birds of the air nest by the waters. They sing among the branches. Do you see the design and purpose in there? And then I, um, I look at verse 14. If you don't like to cut grass, blame God. Look at this. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth fruit from the earth. And so why does he make grass grow? For reasons. So cattle can eat and we get milk and we get protein and all that good stuff. And I think to myself, when I look at the design and purpose of nature, how long did it take God to design, to design all this? I have no idea. But it is so precise and so perfect. Don't you want to say... What a God we have. And then the key verse in Psalm 104 is verse 24. How many are your works, O Lord? Look at this. And this is what this message is about. In wisdom, in wisdom, you made them all. He made them in wisdom. This is the wisdom of God. There's a very technical word for God's wisdom. It's called omniscience or omniscient. The word O-M-N-I means all science is the word for wisdom. And so God is all-knowing. And our God left heaven. He became one of us big difference. He never sinned. And Jesus, God and man at the same time in a human body, walked this earth and we see his wisdom. And I just look at this in Luke chapter 20. The wisdom of the God-man. Luke chapter 20, verse 20. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be honest. That's his detractors, the Pharisees. And they hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. And so the spies questioned him, teacher, and this is a lot of schmaltz. We know that you speak and teach what is right, and, and you show no partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Now, is it right? And they show him a coin. Is it right? I mean, look how they're setting them up with all this schmaltz. 
They say, is it right? They say, you're so great, you know, you teach the way of God. Is it right, they say, for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, whatever he says, he's in deep weeds. Matthew's gospel said, should we give this money to God or should we give it to Caesar? If he says, give it to God, he's inciting rebellion against the Roman government. If he says, give it to Caesar, he's saying that the, he's saying that the government is more important than, than the church or the temple. And so whatever he says, our Lord loses. But look what he said. Look at verse 25 or verse 23. He said, he saw through their duplicity and said to them, show me a denarius whose portrait... And then he said, whose portrait and inscription are on it? Caesar's, they replied. And he said to them, then give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God's what is God's. And they were unable to trap him in what he said there in public. Now look at this. And they were astonished by his answer and they became silent. He disarmed them. They had no comeback. They were astonished. That is the wisdom of God. The same group brings them a woman caught in adultery, and she was a setup too. They drag her half naked to Jesus, and they say, well, the law says, the law says we're supposed to stone her to death, and you keep talking about compassion. So what do, I mean, what do you say we should do? What does Jesus say? He says, let him, who, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. Again, he disarmed him. That, 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 that is the wisdom of God. I would love to just go through the Gospels and look at Jesus' wisdom, but we need to apply this word of God to our lives. But first of all, I want to look at one more thing. I think it's the greatest testimony to, to God's wisdom in the whole Bible, and that's in John 21, 17. And you may remember that story because Jesus had asked Peter, his disciple, three times. He said, Peter, do you love me? And the third time he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter was very grieved, and he said in John 21, 17, and this is really a key passage in the New Testament. John 21, 17, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, now here's the key. He said, Lord, you know all things. Now, folks, I got to tell you, I didn't write that. That's the word of God. God wrote that. I did not write that. Peter said, inspired by the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know what? A few things? No, you know all things. And then he said, you know that I love you. You know what that tells me? He doesn't just know about plants and animals and human bodies and all that stuff. He knows hearts, man. He knows that we love him. And so he knows everything. He knows our heart. So God is omniscient. He knows everything. And there's a big, big, big lie going on today. And here's the big deal. This is by respected seminary teachers. And you can, buy, you can even buy their books in Christian bookstores. And the lie is called open theism. Open theism holds. And there are more and more evangelical people who are holding to this, evangelical Christians. I'm serious about this. And they're saying, well, God doesn't know the future. And see, that kind of gets God off the hook. So when bad things happen to you, don't blame God. He didn't know. He's not responsible. Well, how can God work out your mess if he didn't know about the mess? God can't see the future. They're trying to defend God and get God off the hook. Does God need to get off the hook? Baloney. I mean, is God limited in any way? Here's how you got to look at this thing, man. This is important for your life and mine, too, because God exists in the eternal present. Here's where God exists, right here, in the eternal present. And he sees the whole past, your whole past, and how everything in the past of your life affected your life. And he sees the whole future and where your life is going and how what's happening today is going to affect your future. You got to believe that. And the Father has a very personal love for you and a very personal love for me. And so what he may do, folks, is he may close some doors. Because he sees how what's coming at you right now 
is going to affect your life in the future, okay? So he may close some doors, and you may get very disappointed because you want this to happen, and it's not happening. And so you got to think about this, man. we got to get into the mind and heart of God. He may close some door for you. How about the job you wanted? How about the guy or girl you were falling in love with, see? And they, they took a liking, as they say, to somebody else, okay? And, I mean, you're broken, or the vacation you wanted to take, and it didn't happen, or the opportunities that went south. All the stuff you wanted to happen didn't happen because he sees what's coming down the road of your life, and he doesn't want you to go there. I mean, we say it like this, one door closes and another opens. You said that as if it happens by chance. Come on, did you ever think this one door closing and another opening, this is not chance. This is God who knows everything, who sees your future, who's acting in deep love for you, his son or daughter by faith in Christ Jesus. So you need to ask yourself right now, what's on hold in your life? You want it to happen, and it's not. What's on hold in your life? Now, do you really believe, not just say with your mouth, but believe in here, in your heart, John 21, 17, do you really believe, Lord, you know all things? Do you really believe that? Then say in your heart or say out loud, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, you didn't let this happen. What you're doing is you're acknowledging. You're acknowledging that God knows the future of your life, and he cares about you, and devils want you to believe that God doesn't know the future, and you just sent those devils flying. When you can accept that, when you can accept what doesn't happen, and, and attribute that to the divine providence and will and love of God. So you have just sent devils flying. Now, I think about stuff like that. That's why I entitled this sermon series, What a God We Have. I think about stuff like that, and God is so personal, and he sees the future, and he, he, just, he just orchestrates all that stuff in my life and keeps me from all the bad stuff. No, he gives me a free will. I have choices. But there's a lot of things God just, just closes the door on. And I want to say, you know, what a God we have. What a God we have. There's another passage as we think about the will of God, and this is a great passage that we have to deal with because this explains a lot. This is Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9. Thinking about the wisdom of God. Again, this is God's truth to us. God says in Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. Look at verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways, God says, are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. What's that saying? God thinks differently from us. I mean, his thoughts are higher than ours. I mean, this is a must-know part of Scripture. God's thoughts are higher than ours. Now, I was writing this, so I was thinking, what's the best example of that? I mean, I can give you 10 examples in my own life, but I think the best example of that is salvation, this whole matter of salvation, because the culture primes us. Let's say, you give your, let's say you give your boss 200%. I mean, he's going to notice that. And he's going to give you some perks. There will be some perks. Or let's say, guys, you go home to your wife, and you say, honey, I miss you. I haven't spent enough time with you. I'm taking the day off. And tomorrow, cancel everything we're doing, man. We're just, we're just going to go up north a while. We're going to walk on a beach. and Just me and you. And we're, we're going to walk on a beach, and, and, and we're going to go. I'm going to take you out to lunch, and I'm going to take you out to dinner because I want to spend time with you. Now, you have just cemented that relationship, see? And good things are going to happen. I don't care what it is that you do that's good and invest your time and energy and talent, man. There is always some kind of a payoff. And that's the way we're primed. Not so salvation. 
And we have to deal with Romans 3.28. A man is justified by what? By faith. Now, here's the thing that'll blow the mind of an unsaved person. A man is justified by faith. Again, I got to keep emphasizing this. I didn't write that. God wrote that. A man is justified by faith without, 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 without the works of the law. See, I can understand an unsaved mind. I mean, it's driven into them in our culture. Work hard, anything, pay off. Mom always said, just work hard, honey, and you're going to be successful. And along comes God, the Holy Spirit, and says, that doesn't work with salvation. If we could be good enough to earn heaven and get those perks and get that payoff, the credit and glory would go to who? To me, to you, and not to God. But Jesus Christ came into the world. He lived a perfect life. Just the gospel, folks, in our place, in our faith, our believing that without works brings us into a relationship with God the Father. And here's the beauty of it. That faith, that faith brings forgiveness of all sins and the free gift. And I said the free gift and see free does not appeal to an unsaved mind. God's ways are higher than ours. Free gift of eternal life. And the bottom line is God the Father gets the glory. God the Son gets the glory. God the Father gets the glory for sending a son. Jesus gets the glory for coming and dying and rising from death. And as long as you live, folks, that is the most important thing you will ever hear. But see, the deal is God doesn't think like this. You take some situation in your life and you can't figure it out. You just got to say, God's got this, but God doesn't think like this. His ways are higher than mine. So then we have to ask, okay, this is the wisdom of God. How do you get the wisdom of God? How do we tap into it? First of all, folks, you got to want it. That's first and foremost. You have to want it. And that means you and me need to understand a couple of things. We need to understand that we have a fallen nature and we don't always have the answers. We don't always have the answers, man. And we need the wisdom of God. Do you understand that? And here's something else. We have a flesh or a sinful nature that, that wants to act opposite to God's will. Just listen to this. 1 Peter 2.11. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires or fleshly lusts, okay, which war against your soul. What's that saying? There are fleshly desires in you that war against your soul. You say, I want, the Spirit says no. And that war is going on. That war is going on in you. That war is going on in me. And here's something else you got to know. There is a devil who clouds our wisdom, whose earnest desire is to lead us off God's path. What I'm saying, folks, is this. We don't know the will of God in every circumstance, and that leads me to pray about everything. So how do I get the will of God? I go back, I got to go back to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. The, the NIV says pray continually. King James says pray without ceasing. I got to pray about every deal. I got to pray about every, every deal in my life. So do you. And this can't be a knee-jerk automatic reaction. There, I prayed. But you honestly believe in here, I need God's wisdom. God knows everything. And you want to drink for that wisdom, from that wisdom. That's why I pray before just about every phone call. Not everyone, but just about everyone. I'll, I'll pray something like this. I'm not kidding you. I'll say, Father, help me to listen. Help me not to interrupt. Help me not to interject in this conversation little tidbits about myself. You all do that. Someone tells you something. Oh, yeah, same thing. They don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear about you. They're talking about them. See? I do this all the time, but I pray God help me not to bring all these little tidbits from my life in, you know? I say, put your thoughts in my heart and mind. You know what? I'll tell you something else, too. I just thought about Jesus in Matthew, Matthew 27. Sometimes wisdom dictates, too, that you say nothing. 
So, you know, sometimes silence is wisdom. The book of Proverbs says that over and over again, but I look at Matthew 17, all these Pharisees were railing all these accusations of Jesus. And Pilate looks at him and says, hey, can't you hear all this stuff? They're all just, they're, they're, they're accusing you of everything under the sun. Don't you have anything to say for yourself? And Jesus says nothing. And if you read that in Matthew 27, 12 to 14, Pilate respected, he respected, and people respect you for not speaking for your self-restraint. I mean, you pray about everything. That's the point. You know, should I approach this person? What do I say? I mean, who do we pick to do this job, folks? It's everything. It's, it's praying and everything. It's praying continually, which sends this message to God. I understand, Father, that my sinful nature is at war with your perfect will. That's 1 Peter 2.11. I understand that I have a fallen nature and that there are devils who want me off your path. And I believe you have all wisdom. So direct me, Father, in this matter. Direct me in the path you want me to go. And that leads me to a very important memory passage. Because if you commit this deal to memory, I really think it's going to bless you so much because it's going to make you stop in the middle of your day and pray. And you got to memorize this. This is Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Now look at verse 6. That's the key. That's, that's that we've got to memorize. Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And here's the promise. He'll make your path straight. doesn't say in, in a few ways, here, there, and everywhere. It says in all your ways. In all your ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him. What's that saying? In all your ways, acknowledge that he has all wisdom and your wisdom is limited. And what's he going to do? He's going to make your past right, meaning he's going to direct you in the path he wants you to go. One more time, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. He will speak to your heart. If you're a believer, he will speak to your heart, and you will just know this is the way God wants me to go. Acknowledge God in every business deal, every conversation. What do I make for dinner? Is that too spiritual? You want God's wisdom, you pray for it in every detail. You've got to do that. Secondly, it's in here. It's in the Word of God. It's all in this Word. This book is God's wisdom from beginning to end. And the more you know this book, the wiser you will be. I'm not kidding you. The more you know the Word of God, I mean, we're talking about how to get God's wisdom. We're saying God is all wise. God has all wisdom. How do you get it? You pray continually. Secondly, you just, you just immerse yourself in the Word of God, and you will be wise because you'll have the wisdom of God in you. Now, instead of going into a long dissertation, I just want to give you one practical thing that happened to me last week. Because I was, reading in the book of, I was reading the book of Psalms, and I do that just about every day. And I was looking at Psalm 127, and verse 2 just, just happened to touch me that particular day. Because I don't know about you, I, I'm always trying to make things happen. Are you the kind of a person who tries to make this happen? I mean, you, you want to make this person like you. You want to make this problem, you want, to, you want to get this problem fixed. Or whatever it is, you want to make this happen. And when you want to make something happen, that, I do so much of that, man, i got to make it happen. And, what, and you, you think about it. And when you want to make something happen, you're all thinking about it, right? But how are you thinking? You're thinking in worry mode. You're thinking in worry mode. So I, that's what happens with me. Now, is this wisdom? I mean, and we're always working on this thing, thinking about it, and it drains us emotionally. I'm preaching at me now. 127.2, look at that. In vain you rise early, and in vain you stay up late, trying to make it happen. That's what it's saying. Toiling for food to eat, and then it says, but he grants sleep 
to his beloved or to those he loves. You get up early. This is on your mind. You got to get, you, you, you got to fix this thing. You got to make this thing happen. You stay up late to make it happen. Toiling for food is the way the Bible says it. And he gives sleep to his beloved. I read that and applied it and said, it's not up to me to make it happen. It's up to me to give God my best, but it's up to God to make it happen. When you accept Psalm 127, verse 2, as the wisdom of God. See, this is God's word. This is wisdom. And you apply this to your life. Do you know how freeing that is? Maybe not freeing that to, to read something like that. I don't have to make it happen. It's up to me to do it. It's up to me to give God what I have, give him my best. But it's up to God to make it happen. That very same night when I, when I got this great, this great revelation from Psalm 127 too, guy said to me, we're just talking, said, um, yeah, I have a hard time with my wife. She just keeps picking at little things, and I don't think she respects me. And I said, um, how do I make her respect me? That's what he said. That's what he said. And I said, it's not up to you to make her respect you. I said, you got to do the things worthy of respect. And it's up to God to make her respect you. It's not, that's not your business. That's God's business. You do the things worthy of respect, and then God has to make her respect you. See, in vain you rise early and stay up late toiling for food, but he grants sleep to those he loves. I mean, there is so much wisdom in this word. That is one illustration. This, from beginning to end, there is wisdom. And if you read this thing every single day and just begin to say, God, what are you saying? You're going to get wisdom. I got to tell you this story, too. I, I, I got up Monday morning, and I was thinking about this message. And I, I, I watched a TV evangelist who will go unnamed because I don't normally like this guy. But he said something that is really... Um, that was really telling. He said his wife, he said whenever his wife, this is about 7 o'clock in the morning, and his wife, he said whenever his wife has a problem, she takes her Bible and she goes into this room and she closes the door. And maybe she'll be in the air an hour, sometimes 15 minutes, sometimes two hours. But when she comes out of that room, she's got, she's got a page with notes on it and says, this is how the Bible says I'm supposed to deal with this problem or this issue in my life. And then he said she is, and the word he used was untrackable. You don't get her off the track. She knows from this word what she's supposed to do, and she's committed to that. And after that, she, she's on track, man. You ain't, you, you ain't never going to derail her. I thought to myself, man, that's great. I wish ooh, I and we would be like that. Okay, how do we get, how do we get God's wisdom? You got to pray you acknowledge God in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Then you study and apply the word the next. next. This is important, too. You go to people, the church. The church is the body of believers. you got to talk to them, listen to them. And I would pray that all of you have at least one believing man or woman that you can talk to and be real with another man or another woman and allow them to speak into your lives. Do you have another man or another woman that you allow to speak into your lives? I just think about Melissa. Her name, they called her Missy. And she let a Jehovah Witness come into her home, and she really got sucked into this stuff. And so her neighbor... Another, another Christian lady, a, a Christian lady, an, her neighbor who was a Christian, lived on the very same street, went to a family bookstore on Hall Road, and she got a book on Jehovah Witnesses. And I'll tell you what, she stayed up most of the night reading that book and underlining it and circling things and so on and so forth. And the next morning, she went over to Missy's house, and she said, you got you to drop what you're doing, and you got to sit down, and you got to go through this book with me. And, and in doing that, that, that is a friend. And she said, um, and, and by doing that, she pulled her out of that web 
Do you, and she had to allow her to speak into her life. Do you have someone who speaks into your life? Guy told his friend, you're working all the time, you're making big money, but um, what you're giving up, is it worth it? Got anybody in your life who will tell you that? You know, people of faith, people who care will do that. They will encourage you. Let's say you're grieving because you lost somebody you love who is a believer, and they will tell you, man, that Christ is in heaven hugging your loved one. They will tell you there's no pressure in heaven. There's no deadlines to meet. They have perfect bodies, not a care. They have no midriff bulge. They have perfect white teeth. They don't need an orthodontist or retainers in their mouth. They have a full head of hair, and everybody loves everybody up there. I'll tell you, they're going to tell you stuff like that. And they will encourage you, and they will pick you up. People do that for each other. The body of Christ will give you not just wisdom, but God's wisdom. And you need to do this, too. Please do this. When people need you and they seek your counsel, don't preach, but pray. You say, Lord, what do they need? Give me your word. Give me your word for them. And folks, talk about Jesus Christ. Why don't we talk about Jesus Christ? Why do we Christian people talk about sports and everything else? Why don't we talk about Jesus Christ and what he did and where we're going and why we're going there? When people come to you for wisdom and counsel, man, you go to the Lord in prayer and you say, Lord, give me something from your word because these people don't need just, just words. They need something from your word. Talk about Jesus. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School. 22505 26 Mile Road, just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.